a note to listeners. If you need to reset your Echolink or All-Star timers, you'll need to do it on your own. We'll provide just one 10-second FCC-mandated break for station ID before 10 minutes are up. You've connected with the Rain Hamcast podcast number 98 for October 7, 2023. I'm Kent Peterson, KC0DGY. Did you write for a ham radio newsletter in years past, but don't know the whereabouts of all those columns you wrote? Or do you have a file cabinet full of old communications newsletters that you don't know what to do with? One option is DLARC, the Digital Library of Amateur Radio and Communications. Its curator is Kay Savitz, K6KJN. Rain's Hap Holly, KC9RP, recently spoke with Kay about DLARC. I am the curator of DLARC, Digital Library of Amateur Radio and Communications, which is a program of the Internet Archive. Internet Archive is probably known best for the Wayback Machine. It's a free online digital library. The DLARC is uh, funded by the ARDC, uh, the Amateur Radio Digital Communications Group. They decided that they wanted to create the ultimate online library for amateur radio and shortwave and things like that. And I get to be the guy who makes it happen. So how did DLARC get started? Internet Archive got a grant from the ARDC, Amateur Radio Digital Communications. They are a group that provides scholarships and grants to empower the future of amateur radio. They give lots and lots of money to different organizations every year to move amateur radio forward. Years and years ago, they got a class A block of IP addresses, which if you don't know about internet stuff, they got a lot of IP addresses, more than anyone could possibly use before they were as valuable as they are now. And later they sold some of those IP addresses to some telecom company or something for a huge amount of money. And now they spend that money to further amateur radio. One of their many projects is funding the DLARC library. How does setting up an amateur radio library forward the cause of amateur radio? Amateur radio, as you know, has been around for a long time. It's got a hundred year, at least, history. And people have been creating material about ham radio since the beginning. I mean, first they were writing books and there were magazines. And today there's websites and podcasts and YouTube videos, that sort of thing. And there's real danger in some of that history either being lost or just becoming inaccessible. Uh, if you want to look at a book from the 1920s, it can be hard to find. And yet the information is still valuable. So what we are doing is we take books like that and we scan them and then we make them available online. And then they're up there free to everyone to enjoy. How much storage does the Digital Library of Amateur Radio and Communications have? Let's see, right now, as today, we've got about 95,000 individual items. An item might be a book or a newsletter or a YouTube video or an episode of a podcast. And according to this, it takes up 7.5 terabytes of space. 
Ham radio newsletters in PDF format don't take up that much room. Ah, but it's the audio that can, depending upon the sample rate and all that. How is it that you came about to be doing what you're doing? I became a ham in 1989, so I guess that was the very earliest of how I got to get this job. I have been a archivist and interviewer that uses Internet Archive for many years. I have interviewed hundreds of people who have done things with the early microcomputer industry and archiving source code and, and stuff like that. So that's how I learned to use the Internet Archives tools. So when I saw this position was available that would allow me to play with the Internet Archive and allow me to interact with amateur radio operators around the world, it seemed like a real good fit. A friend of mine told me about the job. A friend of mine who works at Internet Archive told me that this job existed. And he knew I was a ham operator and he knew that he just thought it would be a good fit for me. You know, you have to write a cover letter and a resume and, you know, to apply for a job, as you know. I didn't have a resume because I have been self-employed forever. So I created a resume and then my cover letter was dated July 8th, 2022. And it was to the Internet Archive. It says, I am applying for the position of Special Collections Program Manager at Internet Archive. I was not looking for a job. I am not in the job market. But when Jason Scott called to tell me that he knew of the perfect job for me, I was intrigued. He was right. I had been training for this position for more than a decade, which is true. I wasn't at all looking for a job, but this seemed like a fun, so why not? And it has been fun. I've gotten to talk to hams from all over the world, all sorts of interesting people, and it's been great. I reach out to all sorts of podcasts and radio shows and and things. And I do know that, see, in November 2022, we added the Rain Report collection to DLARC. You had the website, of course, with, with all of your back episodes of the Rain Report. As I recall, there were some episodes missing, some links weren't working. So then you were very generous in your time digging through piles of old tapes and digital recordings, and we filled in the gaps as much as possible. Now we have 1,310 episodes of the Rain Report. The earliest ones we have are from 1985, going right up to when you ended that project and switched to the Rain Hamcast. So we have all these episodes of your wonderful project. And I'll tell you something, Hap, that I don't think I've told you yet, is we have just added automated transcriptions to every episode. We're using a really excellent transcription tool called Whisper AI. It's very good. And we've gone through, you know, it just takes some processing power, just some computer time. And so that all the episodes are, are now completely transcribed. Well, the transcriptions probably aren't perfect, but it's certainly better than what was there before, which was nothing. So we can do full text searching now. You can search for a phrase or a name or something, and it'll show you all the episodes of the Rain Report that mention that thing. That's very cool. As if audio weren't enough, now you actually have to read some of the stuff <laughs> I did. I love audio. Audio is great. I love hearing interviews and hearing the people's voices and get so much inflection and information that you don't get from text. But when you're trying to find that piece of audio, that can be tricky. And being able to search the text is a whole different ballgame. What is the hardest thing about what you're doing? Some of the stuff that I'm trying to archive is lost. It's gone. I'll find out about some amazing newsletter or something that was published for 20 years. And the only guy who had a copy of it passed away and it's gone. We have managed to save so much stuff. And sometimes 
there's these rare items were not preserved, it's probably too late. And, you know, they might show up. They might show up in someone's basement or attic or something. But it's hard to, to find out sometimes that the answer is is no, I can't find this material. Maybe you can locate some of that material, but they don't know about you. And hopefully you can help with that. Sometimes it works out brilliantly. There was, for instance, a newsletter in Florida published for many years called Florida Skip. It was a ham radio newsletter. I reached out to the publisher of Florida Skip. I had his call sign. And of course, QRZ makes it easy to find people. I found out that the publisher had died. You're listening to a conversation with Kay Savitz, K6KJN a ham some might call a modern-day knowledge collector whose job is to salvage ham radio, shortwave, and communication publications for digital archiving on the Internet. We'll conclude HAP's conversation with Kay after you identify your station. This is Rain Hamcast podcast number 98 for October 7th, 2023. I'm Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, and we'll be right back. His son, who had the same call sign, he got his, his dad's call sign, he had all of his dad's newsletters in the oh, attic, wow. boxes and boxes of newsletters that he didn't know what to do with. And so he donated them to us and we scanned them all. Internet Archive has high speed scanning facilities. We scanned all of them. And now there is a more or less complete set of Florida Skip newsletters that anyone can read online and they're full text searchable. Didn't Florida Skip have a 20-year run. Let's look it up. Earliest ones were 1957, and it ran through 1998. Oh, wow. That's 40 years, man. 40 years, yeah. And at the end, it was called Skip Cyberham, and it, they were trying to do internet and ham radio and stuff. It had a long run. And we've got pretty much the entire collection. I think it's every issue. How long that must take to convert that to digital. The Internet Archive has high-speed scanning machines. It's not like a consumer scanner where, you know, it takes 10 seconds to scan a page. These are they actually like, like they put their book or their newsletter or whatever on a platen, like a, a V-shaped platen. They lay it down and then there's two cameras that take pictures of each page. They can do an entire book in a matter of a couple of minutes that way. Just like take a picture, turn the page, take a picture, turn the page. Throughout all of its facilities, and not, I don't mean just VLARC, I mean everything the internet does, the internet archive can scan 4,000 books a day. Anything that I need scanned goes to Internet Archive Scanning Center in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and they do it. If you get a piece of audio that's really not very good, with what software can you make that more listenable? I don't know. I don't really do that. I find the material and I put it online if it's of reasonable quality. And I don't know, I don't think it's my job to change the audio. Most of the, what I'm doing is getting podcasts and radio shows like yours, and the audio quality is just fine. So just today, actually, someone sent me a audio recording from 1960-something where a ham was attempting to listen to the mere Russian satellite. The quality is not great, but it was 1960-something, and it was uh -huh. recorded probably on a reel-to-reel -reel deck. I don't want to make that better. Poorness in the quality is part of the history. I know you're an audio guy. You love talking about audio. But there's been some paper material that was so bad that we couldn't use it because it was moldy or it had animal droppings on it or something oh. like that. That has happened. But there has been material that has been unusable in that way. 
Are you saving anything that's already digitized? Absolutely. For instance, ham radio club newsletters. Many of these club newsletters are in PDF format natively. No club really mails paper newsletters anymore. So they have their PDF files at their website. In those cases, I ask permission, like, hey, can I make a copy of these in the DLARC library? The benefit to them is they have a backup of their material. It increases the audience. You know, some new people might discover their club and their newsletter. And also, we make them full-text searchable, which their website probably doesn't do that. Most of them are thrilled to check, like, sure, put our news, newsletter there. And then we create a collection and we say, hey, this came from the, the club in wherever it is, you know, Hawaii or Ukraine or whatever it is. When you have asked someone for their copies of Joe's Backroom Ham Radio, you ever had anyone say, no, I don't want anybody to see this? whatever it is they may have written or written about or somebody wrote they think might have been or could still be valuable or at least readable. It happens, yeah, occasionally. The vast majority of the time, that's not the case, but it does happen. Sometimes a club wants their newsletter, for instance, to be a member benefit, so they don't want it available to the public. Some clubs are, are very concerned about the privacy of their members, and a newsletter might have names and addresses and phone numbers in them, and they're just like, no, we, we, don't, we don't want to redact all that information, so we're just not going to make it available. Some groups sell their information. For instance, the ARRL have made it clear that they're not interested in having their magazines in DLARC because they don't want to be part of the library. They, they prefer to sell their information, so that's their right. We do get the occasional no's. We've got to respect that. How do I contact you? Email me at k at archive.org. That's k-a-y at archive.org. That's really what I am most looking for, is for helping me reach people who have created amateur radio or shortwave content, pirate radio, whatever, that they want shared. And all they need just giving permission to archive it, whether it's a podcast, a newsletter, a book, whatever it is, and we can add it to the library. And also, if anybody has content that they haven't created, but they just own that they're ready to, to get rid of, if they want to donate that, we can take it and scan it. So being at old newsletters or, or books or magazines, we have received literally file cabinets full of information from the family of Silent Keys, their family member who was an avid ham for 50 years, died, and they left a workshop filled with bookcases of ham radio catalogs. If somebody wants to donate to you. They can go to archive.org slash donate and mention in the comment that you're supporting the Digital Library of Amateur Radio. I would love people to use the library, and the way to do that is to go to archive.org slash details slash D-L-A-R-C. That concludes our time with Kay Savitz, K6KJN, curator of the Digital Library of Amateur Radio and Communications, DLARC. He was interviewed in September 2023 by Rain's Hap Holly, KC9RP, whose Rain collection can be found at archive.org. Rain founder Hap Holly, KC9RP, edits and produces this bi-weekly radio hamcast without monetization. Your support via PayPal and feedback on therainreport.com are appreciated. Rain programming is made available under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international license. You are encouraged to share, post, and transmit the Rain Hamcast in its entirety via amateur radio. 
Thanks to Tom Shimizu and 9JDR for posting a not-for-broadcast version of these podcasts via the Rain Report channel on YouTube. Very 73 from Rain. Keep on hamming.